0: From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number seven sixty four, the Finnish security breach with guest Sammy Leho. Recorded Wednesday, January sixth, two thousand twenty one. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio.
1: Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. And my guest today is Sammy Leho. It's one of the world's leading professionals in Windows OS and security, and Sammy's been working and teaching operating system troubleshooting management and security for more than 15 years. And Sammy's session was top ranked at Ignite. 2018 back when the world was normaler and he's also the author at plural site and a newly appointed conference chair at the tech mentor conferences Welcome back to the show friend. Thank you so much. It was super nice to be back uh, Well, you always have such happy stories Although I got to read you a comment from the last show we did which was off the track for you because we did the sis internal show Which I, I, really, I really appreciate you doing it. You, you know this stuff cold. It was a great conversation uh, And this comment comes from John Weiss he said, I was familiar with some of Sysinternals suite's more popular tools like Process Explorer and Zoomit. But Sammy's Plural Site course illustrates the synergies between the suite's tools and makes them indispensable for a Windows administrator. And this episode, which dropped on a Wednesday, by that Friday, I was using PSEXEC and PROC on a server to capture a temperamental thread that liked to lock up the CPU when no one was watching. So thanks, Sammy, for a great video series. And thank you, Richard, for a phenomenal podcast. Oh, wow. There you go, man. Saving lives, making a difference in the world. That is
0: so nice to hear.
1: Well, I and you that's one of the things I think you did a great job on that particular show, which is reminding us, this isn't just about Process Explorer, right? Like, just that you can learn what's going on inside of these grumpy machines with these tools.
0: Yeah, and it's still, um, everything's still running on top of operating systems whether we're in the cloud or not so the basics are the ones that i uh, still believe that people should learn anyway so this internals and reading the windows internals books and that's a base knowledge where you can actually build your new novel solutions to problems that have never happened before, instead of just relying on Google, like we, of course, 95% of the time probably do. Yeah. But that, that is important.
1: Yeah, we, and, and, and we forget, right? It's like we kind of take this stuff for granted, but there's an awful lot of problems lying inside of interaction between software and machines. Like that isn't going away anytime soon. I mean, I hope we get all virtualized at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just not there yet. But uh, yeah, it's a great thing. So, John, thank you so much for your kind comment. A Run As Radio mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a Run As Radio mug, write a comment on the website at runasradio.com or on LinkedIn or Facebook because I publish every show there. And if you comment there and I read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. Well, you've been in the news lately. What is this security breach in Finland?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) I am... For the past few months, I have basically been on every newspaper and every news show that there is on TV here, wow. and I have—I've uh, never been in a situation where, I, where I've been teaching a course for one week, and on every single break, lunch breaks, sorted breaks, coffee breaks, any break, has been an interview by someone. And uh, this whole thing is. Well, it maybe fell on me a little bit more than others because I kind of came out with it on Twitter. Uh, I was actually both a victim of the preach, mm-hmm. but I was also kind of on the what people mostly call white hat uh, team, trying to also solve the problem. So I kind of like wanted to give people the idea and just be like just plant out, tell everyone that. Whether you're a high-end security expert or you're a normal end user, every one of us are basically totally helpless against some of these um, attacks, and that none of us uh, could have really done anything about it, me including. Wow. I'll I can give you the short story. I have been teaching and talking about ransomware for. Mm-hmm. A long, long time, and uh, ransomware itself has evolved. Um, we first started with things like WannaCry, where someone took your personal data and kept, this, kept it hostage and asked you ransom for getting your data back. Right. Then we started to move from the attacker's point of view. They started attacking companies instead of the personnel, so they started to encrypt the whole Active Directory database, for example, so mm-hmm. that they could just paralyze the whole company. Hold the whole company as hostage and ask for like a huge amount of ransom way bigger than from a single person. Then they started attacking like our infrastructure cities. So they started to take down electricity networks and they started to attack the infrastructure itself. And now, of course, the like most cruel thing you could ever do was with the current uh, pandemic going on, they started attacking the hospitals. Wow! Because they know that they have, like you, you just basically have to pay because you you're actually losing lives because you can't run your equipment,
1: and and you don't have the resources available. I, you know, exactly,
0: and you you never, and you absolutely do not have time to fight things like this when you're trying to like save thousands of bases. Yeah. So so this was like this was like horrible, Uh, but now this Finnish attack is something that has. Only being done a few times, we counted four cases that we can find globally. Uh, In those cases, what they did was these were against uh, plastic surgery clinics. Okay. But but in Finland, what they did was the one guy he called him called himself ransom man, and um, he attacked a local psychotherapy um, company. And um, this institute is both a it's a private side psychotherapy clinic mm-hmm. but it offers services for the public sector as well okay and the guy uh, got into their database with apparently a very weak protection on the remote management capabilities of the database got in and he took the whole database and he started to ask the company for four hundred and fifty thousand euros for ansem okay so if they won't pay he will just publish all the data But the company refused to pay. So this person actually built a system where he generated 40,000 Bitcoin addresses. And he started to ransom every patient. Wow. Because the patient, the problem here was that that database included my, for example, for me, it included my name and address and phone number, but also our um, personal identity number. Which in Finland you can use to buy stuff at least up to like a few thousand euros easily, oh, yeah. and it's the way the government identifies you. Well, you you get the same thing in uh, in US yeah. as well. well, and every country has a way to identify people that have the same names. They have a unique ID anyway. Yeah. So, so so they stole these IDs, and that's like a that's a general identity theft, and that's. Uh, That's annoying and it's problematic because I have to do like credit bans against myself and I have to call the telco that don't allow changes to my phone numbers without uh, some extra verification and we try to turn on multi-factor authentication wherever we can and like that's an annoyance but that's not that's not personally that bad it's just annoying but in this case those 40,000 records that they had. They also included all the data from the conversations between the therapist and the patient. Wow. So incredible breach of privacy. Yeah. So there's like, we there were 40,000 people, there were public faces, there were policemen, there were anyone. I mean, there were kids. There were people that had told the therapist things that they would never ever have told anyone else there were people telling that they had cheated on their husbands or wives there were people who were talking about why they tried to commit suicide there Mm -hmm. were people who were telling why they were abused as kids like i mean so seriously private data that i don't think there is anything more private than that
1: yeah and i gotta think a lot of these people paid
0: Yeah. So they, so he sent me the same uh, ransom note as well. So first you got a note that said that if you don't pay within 24 hours, you have to pay 250 euros worth of Bitcoin. And if you don't pay in 24 hours, then the next 24 hours. So within 48 hours, you can still pay, but then it costs 500 euros. Right. And he started to ask that from everyone. And then he started putting that data online. So first day he put 100. The second day he put another 100, the third day he put another 100, and also people that were publicly known so that he could get some attention with that as well. So he was basically ransoming 40,000 people. And the guy who was doing a small kind of like like one ransom attack among a lot of others he probably didn't figure out that suddenly he was in a situation that he had just committed the biggest crime in the history of the country. Of course. So there has never, ever been a crime that had has had 40,000 victims. Yeah, yeah. And
1: It's an incredible level of extortion.
0: Yeah. And what hit him bad was that this was so cruel that it actually turned most of the bad guys against him as well.
1: Oh my goodness, that's interesting. So... There, there is a, there's a point where even the bad guys can't take it anymore.
0: Yeah. So that's when even the bad guys started to hunt him down. He did cover his tracks very well. He used Tor Network for all the communications. He used a lot of an- anonymizing technologies for all the communications. And he did it quite well. He did actually, we told, I was asked many times, like, can we catch him? And I said, like, we're not going to catch him on unless he makes a mistake. Right. And he actually made a mistake. Sadly, this was like from his side, this was more a business mistake rather than a security mistake. So actually, after three days, when he had started to show that he can, he has the data and he's releasing 100 records at a time per day, then for. We don't know exactly how long, but about seven to eight hours, he actually mistakenly put the whole database online. Oh. So basically, he's, from a criminal's perspective, the most valuable asset that he had. That was the thing that he was holding against ransom. Yeah. Like, as as long as you pay, you won't be published. Of course, we never, we would never know if they would publish and I would try to tell everyone not to pay, but you can think about it if someone no. has People the People are possibility too afraid, of, right? Yeah, and if you have the possibility of paying a few hundred euros compared to losing your darkest secrets, I mean...
1: Yeah, no, it, pl- honestly, it plugs yes. into so many fears. You can't blame anyone yeah. for panicking. They're not thinking about the fact that there still can be victims again and again, right? That, that this person still has information. Yeah, of course, I mean, you can
0: never ever be sure that if you paid you would actually not be published yeah so that's what i tried to tell people but then we don't know exactly how many paid but what we were able to do was that the good friend of mine mikko Hypponen from f secure the big finnish security company Mm -hmm. mikko started to ask people on the like dark side of the web he started to ask people that uh uh If you were able to capture the database that he mistakenly put online for some hours, could you please send that to me? And that would normally result in nothing because people are too afraid of being caught themselves. But in this case, like I said, actually the bad guys started to think this was too cruel a crime and they started helping. So they started sending that data to Mikko. And then also publicly on Twitter, he asked everyone who paid to please tell him the address that they paid the money to right because the guy actually was quite capable i mean he did build a accounting system of 40,000 unique bitcoin addresses so he knew who paid and who didn't
1: right yeah he was fairly sophisticated obviously it's not just the hack it's collecting that's the complicated part
0: yeah so so then they started follow we could follow the money trail so we could kind of like see that where the money were going where the money was going right and um, the only thing he did after this was that about two days after he had mistakenly put the database online what he did was he we could see that he moved those small amounts from those few tens of uh bitcoin addresses that we were able to get and he started moving those into a single bitcoin wallet Uh so gonna follow that. Uh, now he's stuck with the money. At least he can't use. The, he has to. He has to launder the money somehow. Because when he, if he tries to buy anything with that wallet, then of course we will catch him east, instantly. So he has to somehow scramble that money around the world. And um, somehow, when he moves out of the dark side or the anonymous side to the kind of like normal web then that's the part where we could catch him he hasn't done it yet right um, the kind of the evidence that the database has was really weird uh, that was not weird it was really interesting because if you think about it if there's 40,000 people those were all text files so even if the text files would be long then 40,000 people, those transcripts as text files, they wouldn't warrant for the size of the database, which was actually closer to ten gigs. Mm-hmm. So it had to have something else in it, and that's why then we started to try to get those pieces of the database. And when you see, when you, the good thing is that that database included also most of the code that the guy had used or the person had used, and most of it is open sourced, so that doesn't really help. But then there are like traces, where you could figure out where they downloaded those, who downloaded these certain open source projects at a certain time right. or one after another. We could figure out, like, if you read someone's personal code, it's almost like fingerprints.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I love the tra- the idea of tracking the download patterns too.
0: Yeah, and it, it, people are people are creating code in different ways. Like, if you if someone would ask you or me to type. Something else than Hello World, I think it would be different because we just think people think different, people yeah. code different. So, kind of like works like fingerprinting where you can find the code and try to figure out who actually wrote it if they left any clues inside of those pieces of code. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: makes a lot of sense. It's
0: hard, still working. Haven't caught him yet. Um, the biggest crime in the history of the country. There was a really good article on Wired. About this, and uh, this has so many dimensions because the guy who owns the company he sold the company to an investor group or an investing company and he sold it. And now they have sued the ex CEO because he had not told about the breach, although he apparently knew about it already from about two years ago. Wow. So, due diligence, I mean should that should be told to the possible buyer that you're going to lose your lose all your credibility and you can never ever offer your services because no one will buy them so you so uh, that that's going to be a hassle all uh, our in finland all tax records are public which means that if you want to know how much your neighbor earns you can just ask and that's just public information so what right. made this even more horrible was, was that then after this had just happened in the end of the year so this actually took place in about mid October mm-hmm. uh 2020 and uh, then about a month after that they released the tax records and now all everyone could see that the person who owned the company that had this breach and had not uh, had obviously not invested in security they were paid like millions of euros during that year right and now people were like even more mad at them and the ceo was fired and he's being sued by i don't know how many people and it, it is a it is a hassle i mean it's a really really big thing even those 300 people where it actually ended the whole thing ended with the 300 people's data Mm-hmm. that was published now sadly of course they like you said they can be vic- they can be a victim of this again and again and again because the database was on the dark web right which means anyone could have basically downloaded it
1: yeah so it doesn't it just doesn't go away now yeah unless you you try sort to of have to live with the exposure
0: same for me i mean am i i can't change i cannot currently the only two of uh, the only two legal ways of changing your your personal identity number in finland is either if you uh change your gender because your gender is actually like shown in the um, in identity number either male or female mm-hmm. and then the other one is if you are part of a vict- uh, of a uh, witness protection program right then you could get a new one then you can get a new one but I mean you can't change it so even for me it's like it's gone I mean I I can I had to do bans on a lot of different services because of this but anyway it's not my Person, like that's what I always tell people. Like, if someone steals my laptop, like I want it to be protected, but I'm, I'm, even though it would be very, very annoying if someone stole my company data, that's nothing compared to the fact that someone would steal all my digital photographs yes. from my history and tell me that I can't have them back. Yeah. And this is kind of the same thing. I mean, you could be a victim of, a uh, Ransomware attack, your company could be, but like this is like this is personal, this is cruel. There were kids, teenagers, a part of this. And I, I'm not saying that the other ones globally known, the four cases that we could find, I, I'm not saying they weren't bad, but that was a different thing because those were there. The idea was that the same kind of an attack was done against uh, four times against a uh, plastic surgery mm-hmm. clinic. They only had like a few hundred victims. Then they chose the public figures out of those, and then they told that if you don't pay, we will release your personal pictures to the press. Plus, you told the press that you didn't take any any uh, plastic surgery. We will tell them that you did, and we will prove it. Right. I, I'm not saying that that's not bad, but I mean that's different than different taking from... 40,000 random people yeah. from a country. Including kids and saying that if you don't pay, I'm gonna tell everyone what you told your therapist
1: Yeah, there's a difference between plastic surgery and therapy like that's not the same thing Yeah, Sammy I'm gonna interrupt for one moment for this very important message This episode of run as radio is brought to you by the humanitarian toolbox humanitarian toolbox builds open-source software for disaster relief organizations One of the leading projects called Two Weeks Ready helps individuals, families, and communities prepare for disasters using smartphones. HTBox builds and operates this and other applications on behalf of a variety of disaster response organizations, and they need your help. Go to HTBox.org for more information or to make a tax-deductible donation. HTBox is a 501c3 U.S. registered charity. Your donations help support the creation of this life-saving software. Thanks. And we're back. It's Ron As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Sammy Leho. We're talking about the Finnish security breach in the October of 2020. Uh, Finland is part of the GDPR, so the fact that this organization knew it had been breached and it covered it up is a violation of that, isn't it? Yes. It's so, a
0: huge violation of GDPR data in multiple
1: different levels. Interesting. Yeah. So I've been wondering about enforcement of GDPR and, and when we're actually going to see cases. This sounds like a premier case for the enforcement.
0: Yeah, this is, there were so many things done incorrect. Mm -hmm. I mean, the again, if it is how it looks like to be, then everything started off with a, in a way, a request from the doctors where accessing the database was only allowed locally and then it was allowed remotely. And when they allowed it remotely, they mistakenly allowed the management of the database remotely with two easy usernames and passwords and it was actually like technically probably a very very easy hack to make just waiting there for someone to notice that it's online Right. so it's not technically that it wasn't technically that difficult but but still like poor protection of data, the data wasn't encrypted properly Um, I even personally you can't use the personal identification number cannot be used in like letters that are sent to you in normal mail and stuff like that right. so even I looked up when someone told me that did, did, did this happen to you I looked up and I found the invoice that was sent to me from this company and in the invoice the reference number that was used was actually my personal identity number And
1: so you, so you knew right GDPR away
0: wise, this is like on multiple different levels everything was basically done against it so it's gonna be a but we're not, now it's a criminal investigation first, and then after that, when the biggest part of that is done, then probably all these GDPR things are started to be actually investigated more. Now it's still more close to a uh, normal criminal investigation, but yes, you're correct. It's a huge breach of GDPR.
1: Yeah. Well, and of course, I was only thinking in terms of, the, as you had said, they knew there was a breach and they didn't disclose it. Yeah. Uh, but are you saying yeah. the organization itself? Exactly. Used... They knew there was
0: a breach. They didn't tell in like two years. So that's a huge breach of GDPR.
1: Yeah, no kidding. You're not, you know, when so- and when you get ransomed like that, like you need to go to the authorities. You need help. There are professionals for this service. Uh, certainly in my, my show at the beginning of the year talking about IT 2021, I was talking about this huge increase in cybersecurity insurance. But there are organizations, and, it was, and the biggest increase has been on the healthcare side. I mean, this is data that people expect to be protected, that, sh- that should have the highest levels of protection.
0: Yeah. And this made, of course, this made huge uh, changes, even uh, probably laws will be changed after this. Mm-hmm. This will be a, I'm really sad to say, I don't think it's going to be unique, but uh, I, I mean... It's going to change a lot of things, at least here in Finland, because already now the one thing I don't like is that the government is mainly saying that we need to make it easier to change the change the private identity number so that it would be easier to change it. If something happens, rather, what I would like, of course, would be for them to to forbid for make to make it forbidden to use that as a uh Mechanism of identifying a person, right. so that you could only identify yourself with your uh mul- with your multifactor authentication, like your like you do with your bank, for example. Yeah. So, so just b- stop using that personal identity number for identifying people. So try to make it impossible to use it for bad things instead of making a law that makes it easier to change it if bad things happen. So I would like the proactive approach rather than the reactive one, but they many things.
1: I'm- Although both seems applicable, it does make sense to me that the government would find a way to change the numbers of the people affected. Mm. I mean, and you're one of them. Yeah. Like, would, wouldn't would you like to have a new number?
0: Well, um, like I said, it's a hassle, so it would make it easier if I would get a new one. Yeah. Uh, actually, things have changed dramatically already because when this happened, you could still move someone's Home address. If you just knew the number, right? So yeah. someone could have just moved me to live yeah. in northern parts, live in Lapland. All my mail would go to Lapland from it, now on. It
1: sounds like that number is too powerful. Like there needs to be multi-factor around that. You can't yeah. just have so that was
0: changed, right? So they already changed it that you need multi-factor authentication for that. That's good. So, That's progress. so things will change. I'm uh, just hoping that uh, I, I'm just. I mean, whenever these people come up with the bad guys come up with ideas like this even though it's really cruel i still think it's not going to be unique so i I mean like usually they copy each other anyway so i'm sad to say but i think it's not gonna be unique this get like i really always think i'm always thinking that like i'm they must be out of ideas (laughs) i don't know if you saw i know i don't know if you saw it but this was like the, the the weirdest thing i've ever seen was like just last week or was it? Yeah. Last week I actually tweeted it out as well because there was a, there was a ransom attack against a company that was selling chestity belts. So they be- actually had like men that were using these sex toys and they would attack the service and they would lock those chestity belts so that the men couldn't get out of them. <laughs> and then they would ask them ransom. And if you wouldn't pay ransom, you'd stay locked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No sex for you.
0: (laughs) So I honestly thought like, like everything has been like, they came up with everything already, but apparently not. But I'm just like, I, I mean, the good thing here was that even the bad guys thought that this was too cruel. But I like the history shows that sadly, usually these are copy did quite yes. fast. So,
1: yeah, the, but the, I mean, there's also the other side of this, which was this successful from the ransomers' perspective. And if he hasn't been able to retrieve the money because he's gotten too much scrutiny, mm-hmm. it's a failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, in my mind, the the idea ransomware has been successful because they've been able to make money from it. Yes, and if they can't make money from it, then it's then it's not a success. And so, you know, and and I think you're hinting at this issue, which is Mm -hmm. if we normalize it, this this keeps happening, then we won't give them sufficient scrutiny to stop them from making money from it.
0: Yeah, like someone said, I don't remember who it was, but I think, I I mean, it's not technically that easy, but I mean, it was a good point when someone on Twitter just said that the only way to stop this from happening is is making it illegal to pay ransom. I mean it's
1: Yeah, but then you and then you're just criminalizing the victim too.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now that's like I said, that's not easy to happen, but in a way that's like we if if that is a failure from the attacker's perspective, they mm-hmm. can't get paid. Yeah. So uh, I was trying to tell everyone not to pay and if the if the amount was bigger, it would have been probably no one would have paid, but the um, amount was rather small compared to the impact.
1: Yeah. And that was smart of the of the bad guy there. Mm. To make it, he's really, I can make this go away for a, you know, trivial amount of money. Mm. Uh, then, nah, here, have the money. Not recognizing, A, it's not going away. Mm. Uh, and B, like, you've just made everybody else in more danger.
0: Yeah, and it's really hard to also, I mean, when we try to ask the victims, like, did you pay? Mm-hmm. Most would say no, even if they paid. Yeah, of course. So, it's really hard to also kind of, like, have people actually come out by saying that they had paid. So it was really hard to first get the kind of like be able to track the finances and try to track the Bitcoin yeah. transactions, but it's been standstill for a long time. There's a lot of data. I had people from Austria. I think the I had like, I, I have never ever had so much contacts via email, Twitter, whatever. Most of them through anonymous, uh, email servers from around the world. I had really good tips from Austria pointing at a guy on a, uh, Reddit thread. Sadly, what I saw quickly was that people were also trying to use that just against other people. So they would send me false, uh, clues. Right. So that just have their friends uh, or had their enemies...
1: Swatted, essentially. right? Swatted, like the same, yeah. Same sort exactly. of thing. Right? False I'm accusations.
0: So that was so weird. I had a uh, shaman from uh, Brazil speaking with me on Zoom, telling me about how to find the bad guys. And I had a lot of... So I had a lot of clues. I've uh, delivered those to the police and um, it's not my call to do anything else than basically gather evidence and try to send that. But um, it's, um, I don't know. Um, I, haven't, I haven't heard from the guy now in about two months.
1: Yeah, I hope he's no running scared. He, def- he, he deserves a little of the terror that he's spread upon others.
0: Yeah, I know. And I think he's really, really scared. Well, he good. also had no idea what he did. I mean I am I am 100 100%, 100% sure that he had absolutely no idea what kind of a crime he did. Yeah. That, so he's. it started off with a, as a little thing but then when he sees like national news both local and global news yeah. talking about him telling him how many people are hunting him down yeah. telling him who are hunting him down. Yeah, the best of the best because, are looking for you now. Yeah
1: yeah that's good. good i'm really not unhappy that he's a little terrified he earned it
0: no me neither no yeah. me neither <laughs> but it, it, it is really it's um but like i said i mean every people ask me i know that like many many people ask me like what could i what could i have done but in this case whether how tech savvy or security aware you are you couldn't really prevent this
1: no you well there was only a small group of people that could have and they worked for the organization yeah, exactly. that wasn't yeah. you uh, yeah. and but there's also this interesting point of when you need medical help you're not thinking about the trust you're putting in the medical organization with your private information you're thinking about the help that you need yeah so you know here we are as professionals like if you're in that position you got to kind of acknowledge the trust that you that you have uh with your with your customers with your patients that you have to protect this data Uh, and certainly there are some systemic issues that made this worse Mm -hmm. but fundamentally you know, this is a, this is a story of there is no depth that the ransomware attackers won't go. Yeah. So, you know, you we do need to be prepared. You're not resisting ransomware because it's damaging to a business or anything like that. Like, I, I just hope everyone survived. You know, I think mm-hmm. about talking to Troy Hunt a few years ago about the Ashley Madison hack, and people committed suicide yeah. over the prospect of anyone finding yeah. out they had an account there. When you talk about folks that, with serious private personal health issues and that those may be revealed publicly, they, they can react very strongly.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there were cases of people that, for example, among like the 300 records that were uh, like public,
1: pu- Released. that were put public, mm-hmm.
0: they were, there were cases of uh, like very public figures Right. And them talking about like someone cheating on their husband or right. wife. I mean, this serious. This to lead to very, very much the same as the as the Troy Hunt's case. Yes. So uh, that that's. Uh, I'm just, and I'm, I'm. I feel so sorry, especially for like the kids, teenagers that were told that we're to so trust these people.
1: That, right. Yeah. We got help. And then are getting punished for
0: the getting help. Yeah, exactly. Because that's like the two things that I got out of this. One was that I was trying to tell people that even me as a security professional uh, got hit by this. And I'm with you on this and I'm trying to help. I also tried to kind of like normalize the fact that we just there are now 40,000 people that went to therapy. And their names are public, right? And all Finland is a small country, yeah. so you can basically say that every every company has at least one employee that was hit by this. Yeah, and we also have to like normalize the fact that it is very much okay, and it's actually very good for you to seek help.
1: Yes, well, especially you talk about people that work like police officers, and so forth, in those intensely stressful environments. Like, it's a necessary part of their survival to get that kind of support. But anybody who needs it, like we're struggling enough with accepting that mental health is simply health. Yeah. We don't need to, to, to put it isolated in any way. It's just health. You know, we need to stay healthy. And I think they, you know, funny. It's like, I think it's Finland. Those people are very reasonable. (laughs) They're very sane. It's like, no, you're a person and you just need to be taken care of. Like, thank goodness it was Finland. But, uh, but still, the stigmas are there, and we have to push back against those.
0: So that's what I've tried to tell, like with my example. That's what I've tried to tell people: like it's totally normal yeah. for you to, first of all, get help, and then on the other hand, that like even I couldn't do anything about yeah. this. We're all in the and,
1: same boat. Yeah, we're all. But yeah, for us in the industry, it's like it's a reminder: these are people's lives, and we we had this is not oops. This is just not acceptable. We need to be better at protecting their data and to, to resist these bad actors. And it's fun to focus on the punishment of the crime after the fact, but it's far more important to not allow that crime to be possible.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I. Uh, We've got like two different categories of health institutes in Finland. We got like they're called like grade A and grade B. The other one is attached to a national database and they're required to do a like an external security audit for their systems. Right. But those are like the big, very, very big um, hospitals and doctors and stuff like that. But uh, uh, then we have this B category that has like... I don't remember how many hundreds of different companies in it and they can basically provide the same kind of services, but as, as they are not using the national database, they're not required to get the audits. But I don't think the
1: patients see their data (laughs) in those B organizations as B data.
0: That that is changing now. So now they're just forgetting that they're never like, there's no possibility of having like grade A and B anymore. But if you're playing with personal data, patient data, then you have to be audited anyway. So yes.
1: Well, B means you don't have change. personal data. Uh, to, in my yeah. mind, yeah, you yeah. get to be B if yeah. you don't have any personal data. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah.
0: So that that those are the things that need to be done, and those will be changed. So hope this gets better. But it's uh, because this happened. I've had I've been contacted by so many different uh, people that told me. Like most of the doctors, for example, they, they need smart cards to connect, to log on to their PCs in their office. But then I had like people contacting me and said that like the doctors are currently too busy to do that. So they just have the smart cards are held by a nurse and the PIN codes are on post-its attached to the smart cards and the nurses will go and log on on behalf of the doctors around the around the office so that because they don't have time to do that all the time. And I mean like it's just we need we need like I hope that because all this came public then that we it will just end up in we learning something from yeah. this and changing Actually a few laws better. will help but also trying to I've been launched. I've been um I've been keeping records about publishing like one big ransomware attack that happens at least one per day on Twitter. Wow. Like this is what happened today. This is what happened today. This is what happened today. But it's still really, really difficult with security because you got as much um, resources as you want after something happens. Right. But before that, it's extremely difficult to get any budget for it. So, uh, that is something that's like, I don't like the SolarWinds case now. Yes. That's the same thing. Like SolarWinds, the whole huge mess about it. And now they suddenly hire the two most known security experts in the world. Got budget now. Six. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that, that's kind of like the same thing here. It's like, as when something happens, then we are called in, but before that, Budgets are very, very low for security. So um, hopefully also this will make people understand, are the, well, the company managers to understand that they should do these audits instead of just ending up in the news.
1: Absolutely. Hey, Sammy, thanks so much for bringing me this story. It's, It's important. I think it's, I hope it's ammunition for folks to say to their organizations we don't need to be these people in this situation we need to spend some money on this we need to make our systems better
0: yes absolutely it was my pleasure and i surely hope that this won't happen again very soon at least i hope
1: Uh, thanks for coming on the show
0: thank you so much for having me
1: and we'll talk to you next time on run as radio